Welcome to the Least Boring Attorney Podcast on the Internet. This is Season 1, Episode 4. I'm introducing um, Doug Mori and Natalie Collier-Smith, attorneys at Mori & Collier-Smith, PLLC. Um, this podcast covers everything related to automobile accidents, slip and falls, animal attacks, and wrongful death. Um, we're going to publish these at least bi-weekly or once a month. We're going to try. So tune in to get the latest information straight from the two of the brightest minds in personal injury law. Introducing Doug Morey and Natalie Collier-Smith. Yay! Good morning. Yay. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Jess, as always. Very good intro. I, I noticed there were no guarantees made in that. Um, least boring podcast is true, but also uh, satirical or also, uh, you know, something is protected, in other words. Uh, no guarantees about the humor level in it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Doug. We all think you're very funny. Uh, you me? don't no, have it's, to be humble. It's it, okay. It's, ever, it's, it's the podcast in general we're talking about. <laughs> a little off-mic conversation. Good morning, um, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, Natalie and I want to talk to you today about uh, Torts 101. Uh, we're filming that. We're filming. We're taping this, recording this in April, and... Uh, Many years ago in law school, uh, final exams usually in May, and torts is one of the topics that you take your, your 1L year. Uh, we were talking about our torts classes. Uh, one of us went to University of Kentucky, one of us University of Louisville. Okay. Uh, we are speaking of torts earlier. Uh, where would you rank that as far as your classes go, like likes and favorite? or? Um, I'd probably, it's probably one of my favorite, just because I think the case law is... is interesting and in, in some less dry maybe than some others contracts you know and, and right. things like that so I, I enjoy torts which is good because now we work in the world of torts so it's it's good that I liked it but yeah I liked it it was my favorite and I still never at the time saw myself doing it which makes no sense mm -hmm. but oh yeah I definitely didn't see myself practicing when I was taking the class but you know things kind of work out so and looking back I can't imagine why I didn't because it's a natural fit for both of us, but at the time it was my favorite class, and yet I just thought I'd be doing something else. I, I can't even remember why, but yeah. yeah, I had a really good teacher one L year, um, did a real good job, and uh, it was it was my favorite law school class. Mm -hmm. It was I wouldn't say it was my favorite law school class, but I I do think we were talking earlier. I I do think the professor really drives that too. I had a con law was my favorite class in law yeah. school, and that's because the professor was amazing. So. Um, I mean, not to say that my torts professors weren't also great, but uh, they may listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, they were they were awesome, and <laughs> and uh, I practice in that area, so you know, there thanks you for all the uh, the laughs, guys. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, but uh, but I enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad to know it was your favorite. Uh, yeah, me too. I guess that uh, paid off well. Yeah. If I was, my favorite was. Uh, you know, securities and transactions, I'd probably be doing a different podcast mm -hmm. today, I suppose. Um, or B-U-C-C or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. I remember somebody came in, uh, we used to have these uh, law school speaker days, and this is where we're, we're staying in uniform commercial code and uh, the business uniform commercial code and oh, something else even drier than that. And um, one of the local prosecutors came in and gave a talk, and said, now, once every couple of years, we get a, a securities and finances uh, case. And here's how we decided to prosecute those. Whoever 
who the youngest person in the office is, is the person who most recently graduated from law school, meaning that's the person that's most recently read something on the BUCC, <laughs> so we hand the file to him or her. <laughs> so here you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really, you know, <coughs> leisure reading that people no. Uh, do. No, not, most of it is not. Yeah. Torts, on the other hand, interesting stuff, interesting case law, you know, very fact-specific and a lot of juicier facts than some other more drier content. So. Some interesting discussions, too. One thing we want to do today, uh, shout out to all of our uh, future lawyer uh, brothers and sisters who are going to be... Uh, we're in law school now and uh, taking the exam coming up. We thought we'd just kind of do a Torts 101, kind of a view from 10,000 feet from the uh, from the law school outline of torts to the personal injury attorney uh, practice of torts, essentially from how we got from the Torts 101 classroom to the application of torts in the courtroom. And we're going to Maybe do a little more of the outline today and in subsequent podcasts, a little more of the practice, but we'll, we'll try to uh, weave the two together as best we can. Torts um, is divided up into a few different sections, one of them being intentional torts. And those are torts that you obviously uh, do intentionally or uh, one that someone does on purpose. There's a uh, mnemonic device they teach you in uh, bar classes, uh, ABC fit, to remember those torts. Um, you want to take A? Which I had not remembered until you just reminded me right before. I was not going to say that. This <laughs> is like radio, well, theater no, of the mind. I, the I was going <laughs> to. And then I, I had to get a couple hints on a few, which I am a little embarrassed to say. But I was, uh, I was not going to say that. I was going to, you know, theater of the mind kind of thing, you know, kind of work that. Well, I didn't remember the a, ABC fit, which that's a Barbary thing, right. right? Which I think you said, not necessarily a. Right. We don't really necessarily teach that in law school, but there there is some other acronym I'm sure I learned at one point in time, which I have since forgotten. But um, before we go into that, Doug, real quick, just for non-law school people Please. who have never really heard the word tort or maybe have heard it and just thought that was some weird word and don't know what it is because it's not an everyday type of word. It definitely is a legal term. I thought I'd just give a quick definition and talk about it just a little bit before we set up and then go into the specifics. So what is a tort? Um, just the basic definition is an act or omission other than a breach of contract, which gives rise to an injury or harm to another and amount, amounts to a civil wrong for which courts impose liability. So essentially, in other words, a wrong has been committed against someone and the remedy for that wrong is money damages. So that's just kind of the that's a that's a great thank you. That's a great definition. I, I like that. We've talked in previous podcasts about it, you. It, it one of the questions we ask in premises liability and slip and fall uh, cases, slip, trip and fall cases. What did the business or the landowner do that they shouldn't have done, or what did the business or landowner fail to do that they should have done? Right. And you see how that fits into the definition you just read. Can I see that? It's going to you know, we talk about an act or omission other than breach of contract, an act or omission. So see how that fits in with, you know, if you go to a store and you and you slip on the ground at the store, what did the store do, i.e. they let there be grapes or water on the ground? That, that's the act. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And or what did they fail to do, i.e. The, the floors and such ill repair 
because they've not maintained it properly or they didn't clean up after customers or what that that's their omission what did they fail to do right. a customer dropped the grapes but it's been an hour and the store never bothered to look into it or clean them up right. so what was the act or omission what did they do that they shouldn't have what did they fail to do that they should have that caused the injury to take place so that's that's an excellent definition since it keeps disappearing off the monitor um I like that. Let's see. I keep tying things back. That's good. So premises liability, slip and falls. We talked about those. Those are cases that Natalie and I have a, a, a lot of experience with. Of course, we also do wrongful death, dog bites, automobile accidents, car wrecks, trucking accidents, wrongful death. Um, I think I said that one already. Uh, car wrecks, etc. So anything like that, we are definitely here to help out with. But So let's talk today about uh, torts in general. Intentional torts, ABC fit. Uh, assault. Assault, A. What's B? B, battery. C. C, conversion. F. False imprisonment. I. Intentional infliction of emotional distress. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. It's a trick question. Here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, oh, it's yeah. called outrage. <laughs> sorry. So it's F. We really call it ABC. Yeah. ABC it's fought. ABC fought. No, it's it's a... Well, that lawyer humor, I tell you what. Now I'm starting to see. You know what? You were right. Just the conversation we had for you. You were right and I was wrong. <laughs> well, oh, why inside do we, joke. Why do we have it on recording? I'm going to save this for posterity. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is outrage in, in Kentucky. You, For our law school friends, you know it as intentional infliction of emotional distress. Uh, but Kentucky... Um, Calls it outrage, which is, is it's the same tour, it's, it's same just exactly. different name, different uh, title for that. And uh, what were T and uh, T, please? These are the two that uh, I needed <laughs> I needed assistance uh, with before when we were going through these. I uh, had totally forgotten about these because um, they're a bit more obscure, sort of uh, trespass to land and trespass to chattels. A lot we, of fun weird words in the in the <laughs> legal field. Of, most people don't know. We don't do a lot of trespass to land, trespass to chattel work. No. I'd say we have more slip and falls, more car wrecks, more wrongful death, more automobile accidents, etc. than right. trespass to land, trespass to chattel. But there it is. Um, those are the intentional torts. And, and candidly, for the um, personal injury practitioner, those don't come up that often, though they come up some. You know, we're joking about outrage or intentional infliction of emotional distress earlier. Uh, that does come up from time to time. And that is essentially an act that, let me get the actual element to read it to you, but an act that is so shocking or so shocking to the conscious that there should be some collect some recourse for it. I'm trying to think if I've ever even done an outrage case. I think I, I did one. Have you had any of those? Or No. They are rare, but they do exist. Mm. But um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, false imprisonment, trespass to land, trespass to chattel, obviously just when you go on someone's land that doesn't belong to you or you interfere with someone's property that is not yours. Yeah, and then just to, again, we, you mentioned, uh, you know, um, law school outline to personal injury practice. So intentional torts, the, the ABC fit or ABC fought that we just went through, those are... Um, separate from negligence. So tort is sort of the umbrella heading for 
what we talked about, a civil wrong has been committed against you other than a breach of contract. Under that umbrella heading of torts are the intentional torts where someone does an act, assault, battery, conversion, false imprisonment, intentional infliction or outrage, trespass, the two types of trespass. Then there is negligence. That's when somebody does, you know, fails to act a certain way that the law requires them. That's really what our, the, the bulk of our practice, the, the type of cases we've talked about in the past, that's what our practice kind of focuses on negligence. Somebody is negligently um, maintaining their property is neg and leads to an injury on a premise or a slip and fall, things like that. Or somebody is negligently operating a vehicle, so car wrecks, you know, uh, trucking accidents, bicycle accidents, things like that. Um, or a negligent, well, get even, eh. or a negligent dog owner, which actually we talked about strict liability. If you listen to our dog bite, uh, podcast, when we distinguish between those two, but so just to kind of give like a, now I'm thinking about my law school outline. So the big heading is, in, is, is torts, then subheading intentional torts, subheading to negligence. So right now we're talking about the intentional stuff that people do that causes you harm and the courts say, okay, the remedy for that is money damages. And, and I want to go back just a second. I want to read this. Outrage or intentional affliction, emotional distress, the elements in Kentucky, one, the conduct of the defendant must be outrageous in that it offends the generally accepted societal standards of decency and morality. Two, the conduct of the defendant must be intentional or reckless in the sense that the defendant should know or have reason to know that it would cause the plaintiff severe emotional distress. And three, the defendant's conduct must cause the plaintiff severe emotional distress. And there are some case law in Kentucky that suggests that actual malice is also an element. That was uh, something they argued about in that uh, that uh, media guy, Ziegler, who had a case here on, here in Louisville 10, 15 years ago on that. But So that's, that's outrage or intentional affliction, emotional distress. The classic example of that, it's, it's kind of considered a gap filler tort. It's something that sort of fills in the gaps where we, you look at something and you go, well, it's not quite battery and it's not quite assault, it's not quite false imprisonment, but it really should be tortious. Um, there was a Kentucky case, oh, here we go, uh, let's see, Humana of Kentucky versus Sites is the case I was looking for. It's an example of what's meant by outrageous conduct. The plaintiff, a patient in defendant hospital, gave birth in her room to a stillborn child. She alleged that nurses purposely ignored her calls for assistance, citing a lapse of 12 to 15 minutes from the beginning of delivery until nurses actually arrived in the room. When a nurse arrived, she ordered the plant to shut up because she was disturbing other patients. In addition, when it was determined the child was dead, the nurse wrapped it in a sheet and when the plaintiff asked where the nurse was going to take the baby, the nurse responded, honey, we dispose of them right here in the hospital. Uh, that is what's meant by outrage. In other words, outrage is not, you know, somebody cut in front of me in line or somebody yeah, yeah. somebody cut me off in traffic. It's it's meant to be conduct that's so shocking to the conscience that you just go, okay, it is, it, that that's a gap filler. Like that's not technically assault. That's not technically battery. But right. that there, really should be. You really should have to write somebody a check. If yeah, you there do really that. was harm from that. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, that made my hair stand up on my arm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that is 
traumatizing. That, that's, yeah. that's what outrage is supposed to be. That's what intentional infliction of emotional distress is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be silly, frivolous stuff. It's supposed to be stuff like that where you're just like, oh, my God, how can anybody? That's, that's, that's outrage. So um, I don't want to spend too much more time on, I guess, with the intentional towards battery is probably the one we see the most harmful or offensive contact. Um, but that's that overlaps with criminal and usually seen more in the criminal setting. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to move to negligence? Sure. All right. That's, ne- our, that's our bread and butter. That's our world. That's yeah. what. But now, as Natalie pointed out earlier, most the vast majority of what we talked about and what we do be it car wrecks, um, wrongful death, slip and fall, car accidents, bus accidents, you know, premises liability, um, et cetera, those, those would fall under the umbrella of negligence, right. okay? And negligence um, essentially has four elements uh, for our law student friends. Duty, breach, causation, and damages. Now, when I was in law school, they called damages injury. We always learned it duty, breach, causation, injury. But really? out in everywhere else, it's duty, breach, causation, damages. So yeah, duty, do. breach, causation. Did y'all learn as damages? Yeah, damages. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess we guess I remember it wrong. Um, I had time to re- rewrite all the books by the time I got there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That joke worked on two levels. It was saying I was old, but if you've been to law school, you know that they don't rewrite any books. So. <laughs> They're still using the uh, Christopher, uh, what's his name from Harvard, the case, um, Langdell, is that his name? The guy that created the uh, case study method. Uh, that's Law school hasn't changed in 150 years. Yeah. Same old stuff. Same old but stuff. But yeah, no, we learned it as damages. But uh, <clears throat> Well, duty, breach, causation, uh, damages. Um, a duty is essentially what responsibility is owed from one person to another. And we've talked on previous podcasts about how the key to that really is foreseeability. That is, your actions, is it foreseeable that what you're doing or what you're failing to do uh, could be harmful to another person? Um, Just to kind of keep with the law school motif here, I wanted to read something I'm trying to find. That's what I was paper shuffling here is. That's on me. But, it looks like you're in law school, Doug, with all these books around you right now. Yeah, the fact I can't find the answer is uh, even <laughs> I wanted to read the Cardozo versus the, well, our podcast can just, oh, here it is. Uh, okay, like I said, was the plaintiff foreseeable, and if so, what is the applicable standard of care? Talk about foreseeability. The Cardozo view, which is a majority view, which is essentially what we have here, the plaintiff can recover only if she can establish that a reasonable person, you're going to hear that a lot, a reasonable, prudent person, that a reasonable person would have foreseen a risk to injury under the circumstances, i.e. she was located in the foreseeable zone of danger. The Andrews view, the minority view, everyone is foreseeable. Uh, the plaintiff may establish the existence of a duty extending from defendant to her by showing that defendant has breached a duty owed to plaintiff one. Uh, basically, and that ties into also universal, you don't have a universal duty of care. The, the courts have rejected that. But for all practical purposes for our podcast, if it's foreseeable that your actions could cause harm to someone, either by what you're doing or by what you're failing to do that you had some responsibility to do, um, then 
you potentially could be getting sued, that you have that duty, that obligation to other people. Right. Is that a fair way to... Uh, yeah, yeah. But, let's see. And breach is essentially when you violate that duty or when that duty is violated. And in the context of what we do with car wrecks, um, everyone has a duty, a certain duties as drivers uh, in, in Kentucky. Some of them include keeping your um, automobile under a reasonable, reasonable control, uh, not exceeding the speed limit, um, not driving the wrong way on a one-way, not driving the wrong uh, direction on the road, etc. And if you violate one of those duties, if you bre breach one of those duties and it causes the wreck to happen, then you're at fault for the wreck. Right. Makes sense? Podcast makes sense world? to me. Oh, I knew it made sense to you. I was talking about But uh, Jess, that makes sense? Yeah. <clears throat> Following. So, yeah. So, duty is your just basically responsibility to other people, um, whether that be your own individual, just a regular person driving a car, um, or a business owner has certain duties to their customers, people that come into their store for business purposes. Um and then breach, yeah, if you don't meet that, meet those responsibilities or perform those, those duties, um, then you breached your duty. Uh, and then causation, um, did, was the harm actually caused by the breach of the duty or something else? And then that leads into, well, what are your damages? Exactly. And cause, that's a great segue into causation. Causation, once negligent conduct is shown, that is a breach of the standard of care owed to a perceivable plaintiff, plaintiff must show the conduct was the cause of his or her injury. For liability you attach, plaintiff must show actual approximate cause. I don't want to get too in the weeds on actual approximate cause, but like like Natalie said. Did you learn it as actual or uh, direct? It said actual in the in the bar book oh, that I've just cribbed it from. So yeah, no, I learned it as actual. Um, I learned it as direct. Well, again, they changed those books. Wow, they changed those books twice in ten years. Um, actually, now, now, now I think about it, I did learn it's direct. I take that back. I tell a lie. It was direct. You're right. No memory fading on that. Um, causation is, I think, sort of the underrated element in in personal injury because you get in a wreck. It's not your fault. Car accident. It's not your fault. Somebody hits you. They breached their duty. They, were, they weren't paying attention. They weren't keeping a proper lookout. I meant to mention one of the duties when you're driving is to keep a proper lookout. They weren't keeping a proper lookout in the car wreck, and they rear-ended you from behind. It's their fault. And your back hurts. Well, slam dunk, right? Well, not necessarily. Does your back hurt because they hit you, or does your back hurt because it's been hurt for 20 years and totally unrelated to the car wreck? Yeah. So causation is where you have to show. It's, it's the plaintiff's burden of proof to show that the damages, in this case the injured back, were caused by the breach of the duty. You know, this person had a duty. The negligent driver had a duty to keep his car under reasonable control and to keep a proper lookout. When he rear-ended somebody at a stoplight, he breached that duty. He didn't keep his car under reasonable control. He didn't keep a proper lookout. He breached that duty and hit the other driver. The other driver's damage is his back hurts. Causation is, did the breach of the duty, i.e. the running into the car, cause the damage of the back hurting? This is where a significant amount of our time is spent. Yeah. 
a significant amount of time. Insurance companies love, love to sit and read 20, 30 years of medical records and fingers crossed, hope and pray, they find something in there where one day your back was sore. And then they say, well, clearly it wasn't the fact that our insured um, hit your client at 55 miles an hour 15 years ago. Your person slept on the wrong side of the bed and uh, their back was uh, sore for an hour. I mean, come on, what do you expect? It's just silly stuff like that. I'm exaggerating, but not by much. It's, 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 it's absurd. Some of the links they will go to insurance companies when you either slip and fall on a premises or a wrongful death or a car accident or automobile accident to try to argue that the cause was not what the obvious cause is in most cases, that is the wreck itself or the fall itself, but rather some innocuous event from 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, particularly with you're talking about your back hurt. Those, so those, those would be considered soft tissue injuries. So, um, you know, if there's not a broken bone, that's much easier to show. You Clearly, you didn't have a, bo- a broken leg before the car wreck. Car wreck happens, you have a broken leg. Those causations pretty easy with those more um, objective type injuries where you can actually see it on a, an x-ray or, some, or an MRI or something like that. Um, the ones where uh, the injuries are subjective or, or you can't read them on a, on a sort of on like a radiology report, the soft tissue injuries, your back, your neck, um, things like that. Uh, those are the ones where they really love to, like you said, dig through old medical records and try to find one day where you were complaining of neck or back pain and then say, oh, well, you just, you're just, this didn't cause, you know, correlation is not the same thing as causation. Um, this didn't actually cause your, your injuries. It was some pre-existing or degenerative is their other favorite word. Right. Um, um, injury. So yeah, we do spend a significant amount in in most cases um, to to tie down the causation of that. I, I love how, and we fight this and, and do very well at fighting it, the insurance companies, okay, their insured gets in a wreck. They run into somebody. It's, it's, they, they did not keep proper lookout. They were driving excessively fast, what have you. They breached a duty. Then tie it back towards 101 from the classroom to the personal injury practice and in doing so they the wreck they were at fault for the wreck the person's back hurts now the insurance companies will argue that the average person should be better from a wreck like that in six to eight weeks which is not true but that's what they'll argue however however if this injured person had been in a wreck five ten years ago the insurance companies will insist that in the subsequent wreck, their back injuries because of the five to ten years ago wreck. Yeah. So in other words, if it's your first wreck, they'll simply say, oh, well, six to eight weeks and you should be fine. We don't want to pay for any more than that. But if it's a subsequent wreck, they'll say, oh, your back hurts? Well, that's obvious. It's because of that wreck you were in ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no way in the world they would ever say in that first wreck, well, your back could hurt for up to ten years. <laughs> they would laugh you out of the, out of the room on that. Yeah. But when they're saying it, it's like, oh, well, I mean, come on. What do you expect? They were in a wreck 10 years ago. Yeah. It just, that's always been a pet peeve of mine. But, again, we do, I think, a very, very good job of, of pointing that nonsense out and making sure our clients are, you know, fully compensated for that. You and I have talked, um, you know, we're kind of doing some more marketing here and whatnot. And Natalie and I have been talking quite a bit about the firm and, you know, what what we do and why we do it. And uh, I, I really, we kind of hit on the phrase, uh, you know, maximizing 
um, our our clients' uh, recovery. You know, maximizing client recovery, making sure that they're not getting seventy cents on the dollar or eighty cents on the dollar, but really going the extra mile to get the hundred cents on the dollar and right. sometimes one hundred and ten cents on the dollar, and and making sure that we're not just giving in to bogus arguments like you know causation, silly causation arguments and whatnot. So right. yeah, it made me think of also yesterday similar thing we were talking about in causation. So they love to look at like prior car wrecks, and of course they wouldn't think the car wreck that they're dealing with, like you said, would injure you up to 10 years, right. but the one before that they're not paying for, of course, um, that came up in another context. Another sort of defense strategy is to, so, well, let me back up. So causation by and large is, is determined. The evidence that we give for causation is medical records. So you have expert testimony, medical expert testimony. And, and usually that comes in the form of medical records and if we're in litigation, usually doctor testimony. So we, you know, depose the, the treating doctors or consulting doctors um, to talk about, within a reasonable degree of medical certainty, um, these injuries were caused by this traumatic event, which would, let's say, a car wreck. Um, uh, a defense strategy also is to say, let's say the client, for some reason, testified that, oh, I don't, I don't think my, my back was hurt by this car wreck. I think, you know, it's mainly my neck. But we have, you know, medical proof that says the back is related. Well, they want to say, want to lean on the fact that, well, your client doesn't think that, uh, that this, you know, your client testified that this, that, that the back wasn't hurt by, or isn't, wasn't caused by the, the car wreck. Um, and to which Doug and I usually say, well, okay, if, if she, <laughs> if she said that it was caused, you wouldn't just take her word for it. Exactly. You'd look at the medical records. So that's another, you know, we, we find those kind of, typical defense strategies that I think we do a good job at, at, uh, at, at taking care of. Exposing and explaining and, and getting rid of. I, no, we fight very hard on that. It's a great example. And uh, we, we everything we do really is about maximizing client recovery. It really is. Car wreck, slip and fall, dog bite, um, any, any kind of personal injury case. Uh, we fight very hard to maximize client recovery. We take what we learned in law school from 10 years ago, or maybe in my case, a few years, more than 10 years ago, and uh, try to apply it here from the classroom to the courtroom, I guess you could call it. Um, hey, that's good. We could put that in the classroom to the courtroom. That was better than lawyer. Um, I actually wrote that down at the very beginning. Well, well there you go. Yeah, great, minds, great minds think alike. Yeah. Um, but no, that's that's what we're here to do, and I think we do a, a, a very good job of, if I do say so myself. So. I guess that in a uh, no, we didn't get strict liability, but then again, we don't really do all strict liability. Strict, yeah. <laughs> Save that one for it. We talked about it in the context of dog bites before, yes, but yeah, good point. That is the other one, but yeah, it's it's we don't we don't get that a whole lot. So there's a few other ancillary torts out there we may cover in future ones, defamation and, yeah. and stuff like that. But for today's purposes, the the big ones in law school: intentional torts, negligence, and strict liability. So far. Law school friends out there, good luck. Yeah, it gets better. Trust us. Hang it in does, there. It does, yeah. Just, well, sometimes. <laughs> depends on the day. Just, you know. Well, if you have any Keep questions going. or anything, email, email the firm. And, That's right. Yeah. If you have any questions at all about law school, email Natalie. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, uh, it, gets, it gets better. It gets easier. And practice law is a very rewarding thing. So get through law school, and then you'll be glad you did. Yeah, it's, it is better on the other side, for sure. Yes. For sure. All right, well, 
thanks for joining us and uh yeah. another stay, exciting podcast that's right. stay tuned for the next one yeah. we got a lot of good feedback and uh before we go i did i've got a lot of positive feedback on these and um Told some people, told some fans of this podcast that we're going to be bigger than that uh, Wednesday show on Netflix. So, someone else was showing me a YouTube video. It's this guy, Mr. Beast. Have you heard of him? Yes. Um, yeah, he's, uh, so we're, you know, he, he can appear on this podcast if he wants some extra uh, publicity. But uh, <laughs> I did, I promised somebody we'd, we'd talk about that on here that, uh, you know, we've we got to try it. We've, our goal is to get bigger than Mr. Beast's YouTube channel. So, uh, you know, we're on our way. Yeah. You got to dream big, right? Got to dream big. <laughs> right. We're not gonna we're not gonna blow up any rooms with elephant toothpaste or whatever they do on there, but uh, yeah, we'll find our own way to, to get those numbers, I suppose. That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks so so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.